1: I went through this crap. I needed to accept help. I got help. I want to tell guys like it's okay to get help, to go through this together. You don't have to go through it alone.
0: From Off Script Media. I am Matthew Zachary and this Is out of patience. On today's show, Trevor Maxwell, husband, writer, father of two teenage daughters, living with stage four metastatic colon cancer. This guy, I gotta tell you, powerhouse advocate that didn't know he was an advocate, recognized a severe need in the market of cancer support that there was so little out there for men and only men. At Stupid Cancer, we did our best to make sure that we had gender-relevant support groups within the larger community of what we had in common. But he struck gold by starting a group on Facebook called Man Up to Cancer. This is about men and cancer and your tribe. Enjoy my conversation with Trevor Maxwell. Trevor, I'm enamored by your fervorance in the getting men Aware that men get cancer and getting the world aware that men get cancer. I am a man that had cancer. You are a man that had cancer. <laughs> this has been an ongoing narrative.
1: I gotta cut you off here because I'm actually still very cancery. So that makes me
0: oh yeah, okay. more
1: cancer. I'm more cancery than you right now.
0: All right, then I shall restate the aforementioned I am a man that had cancer. You are a man that has cancer. is that more temporally appropriate?
1: That is temporally appropriate and I aspire to your cancer freedom and i I intend to join you in the in that club very very soon as soon as I can, you know, working on it.
0: I am everyone's specimen anyway. so
1: <laughs> and you did say you were enamored with me, which is. The first time I've heard that in in months, so um,
0: I and I genuinely mean that because you know having run my community for so long, I always yeah. felt we tried to be a very man heavy brand experience, and we did trend to have a higher percentage of male community members that came to our conferences and went to our meetups and joined our this and that and this and that, and you don't really sure. see that. Pretty much, I mean, maybe back in the Live Strong days because it was a very man driven brand, but the wristbands, whatever, I digress because you were <laughs> able to kind of like they say success is the mistake that went right. You kind of galvanized this idea of using Facebook for good. What is that like to use Facebook for good? And you started this group. <laughs> We've talked about this at Nauseam, but for our listeners' sake, you know, you have stage four colon cancer and yes. you're sitting here like, what the hell's going on? Everything's pink and fluffy and Hallmark cards. Where did this idea, where did the spark <laughs> come from for this?
1: Yes. The, so the pinkification of cancer uh, is where this all started. And, and this is not a, an affront to that. We love our pink friends. However, it did seem to me, during my two years of having cancer and going to virtual support groups, so I'm up here in Cape Elizabeth, Maine, Uh, I'm out in the middle of nowhere, I'm 41 years old when I was diagnosed with stage four colon cancer two years ago, and it's not like I can just go out and like, you know, this is obviously before, you know, when people could actually go out, but even then, it wasn't like I could go, hey, I'm going to go to my local support group for... 40 somethings with colon cancer, you know, there's no in person group for that. So you go where 40 somethings go, which is Facebook.
0: (laughs) We're so old.
1: Right. My 12 year old and 14 year old daughters are just appalled by my mainstream oldness on Facebook, but that's where the people are. That's where my people are. So I went on Facebook. I connected with people through Colon Town and the Colon Club, which was fantastic, and meet all these like really cool people but it's 80% women, primarily women patients, women who are caregivers to their men. It's a female dominated space and you know, I was fine with that. I was comfortable with that. But there was also things that I was facing in my own, you know, battle with cancer that were pretty guy specific. Like I wanted to connect with other dads who were facing cancer about what it's like to, you know, be a father to young children while you're going through this. You know, I wanted to talk about guy stuff that I didn't necessarily feel like I wanted to talk about with women on those other platforms. So as I started to look out there in the Facebook space for just, you know, guy forums, there just wasn't much out there. So I was like, you know what, I'm just going to start my own thing. And see what happens. Exactly. And see what happens. And, you know, I'm a journalist by trade. That was my training. And so I was already starting to write. I had written a bunch along the way about my cancer journey and about the lack of You know support for men, and so I started really digging into this issue of men and isolation. And I started reading some scientific papers and some you know studies, some different things, and also just some cultural stuff about men and how they cope with a life-threatening illness. And not surprisingly, everything said the same thing: that when men are diagnosed with cancer or or any other life-threatening challenge, they tend to isolate. Yeah, based on cultural conditioning, based on biology, based on all that stuff like men tend to not want to burden others and they just they isolate and they check out whereas women in general have an easier time connecting with their communities reaching out for help going through things together whereas men were always taught to just toughen up suck it up and deal with it and to me facing cancer that just didn't seem didn't seem like the best approach
0: i mean it really does harken back to what is now considered like a taboo conversation about gender and right. predisposition And where we go instinctively is as animals. And we do want to retreat or we do want to maintain an alpha status. So we do want to keep whatever sense of masculinity we have within us. And when it's a uh, like a testicular cancer, then it clearly does affect your mental well-being because that's down there you know, (laughs) and then of course, colon cancer, we we can do an entire show about colon cancer. I've been doing that for years on like that alone has so much crazy stigma. What did you eat? What's wrong with you? You don't do anything wrong to get it when you're not 80.
1: Absolutely. And, And so when I was going through my, I really struggled mentally, like six months after my diagnosis, I had had colon surgery then i had had an open liver resection i would go on to have another one like so i'm facing all these major surgeries i'd done chemo like i'm in the shit and i was depressed and anxious and feeling like i was failing at everything and like i was a mess and i was looking around and it just seems like i didn't have any role models like all the men out there in cancerland or these cancer sites like they seemed like super positive all the time like you should just be able to pull yourself together and i was like man, am I the only guy who's struggling? Right? Like, how? How could it be possible that I'm the only man who was like struggling with this and feeling like shit. And so the whole man up to cancer thing is like, hey, I went through this crap. I needed to accept help. I got help. I want to tell guys like, it's okay to get help to go through this together. You don't have to go through it alone. It's as simple as it gets, right?
0: Well, it, the strongest recurring theme across the entire spectrum of my career and advocacy has been the need to have a tribe and tribe in the best sense tribalism when done right gives you what you didn't know you needed as far as you know it's, the jargon is peer to peer support, but it really are people <laughs> that understand what the hell it's like and Endlessly, we keep hearing, well, my friends and family were awesome, but no one really knew what I was going through. It's so damn true. It took me seven years to find my first peer. And <sighs> that was the 90s. That was Clayton. That was like millions of years ago. But today, you'd think uh, you're recent into the shit happens store, pun intended. You know, right. How long did it take you to know that you weren't the only guy that had cancer?
1: And then it's only reinforced by the fact that we're the hell are the men. No, that's it. And I, as I was looking for kind of men to connect with, that was when it was really dawning on me that there's a need out there. Like, I know there's other guys who are struggling like I was. And if we could just get a little pack together, like if we could just get this, this team that nobody wanted to be on, but here you are, you're like, hey, you got some teammates, right? And it's as simple as that. Like the, the group that we put together Know, that i put together and then have had a couple other guys come on board and really help me bring guys into the group is all about just general camaraderie and support it's not like we're digging into like the science of our cancers right or all that other stuff like it's just about like hey man we're going through the shit together i got your back bud right and to your point about men and in this taboo conversation men and women being different like i believe that there are differences Culturally slash biologically, and those two intertwine. And I think one of the biggest differences this problem-focused mindset. I think in general, men tend to approach cancer with this problem-focused mindset, meaning, like, if you have a problem with your home, you're gonna do it yourself, you're gonna go find a way to fix it. And then cancer comes along, and, and a lot of men have that same mindset, like, this is a problem, I'm gonna fix it. But then into that, they start down that road and then they realize like oh, shit, like this isn't your average home problem. Like this, this is on a whole different level. It's where... a
0: different kind of plumbing. Ha, 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 ha,
1: <laughs> Exactly. And and guess what? You're probably going to have to reach out to actually accept some help on this one. Right. Like, it, going it alone is just fraught with with all kinds of problems. And then there's conversations that guys just don't want to have in a forum that's co-ed. Like, do you, If you're a prostate cancer survivor and you you know struggling to get erections, you want to go on one of these co-ed forums and talk about erectile dysfunction and hey what do you what do you guys think about that you know i mean there's conversations that need to be had in a guy space
0: i just cue the whole john lovett's hello ladies
1: <laughs> <laughs> right i mean talk about emasculating yeah right? like you know not only are you going through this this shit and then you all your parts are affected then you got to try to find advice on a forum where There's no dudes on it.
0: I know. (laughs) It took us a long time at Stupid Cancer to evolve to a point where we had the capacity to segment by gender at our live events. And I don't mean like, you know, the Orthodox Jews where the men go here and the women go there. Like we had breakout sessions. No offense to the Orthodox Jews that segment by men and women. (laughs) Not a sponsor of the show, but at the the end of the day. But they could be. Well, who knows who's going to sponsor the show? (laughs) Dear Halliburton, please come sponsor my show. No, not Halliburton. (laughs) You know, we did the just for guys, the just for gals, the the just for LGBTQ. You know, like we we were able to create these intentional segments where people did find a unity in the sense of women don't want to talk about vaginal dryness in front of men. And men don't want to talk about erectile dysfunction in front of women. Yeah. So (laughs) who would know that those are the dynamics? So we're agreeing on everything. I would ask you then. So you started this Facebook group when did you realize uh oh i just did something insanely incredible and i don't know what to do
1: i realized it when my good buddy joe so joe bullock durham north carolina day one i'm like i started this group i'm like i'm thinking maybe i'll get like a couple dozen guys in it you know i just wanted like it's very self-serving like i wanted support like i i'm in treatment i'm still going through this like i wanted a group that i could go to and joe comes in like within like 5 minutes of the creation of the group he's like I'm 100% in what can I do to get the ball rolling here like let's get guys in this group as it turns out Joe has the largest like cancer facebook network of anyone in the world so he puts out like the wolf signal to like his <laughs> the to bat his group. signal yes. yeah he puts out the bat signal and ends like hey we have this wolf pack we have this howling place group it's just for men it's for men patients for men who are caregivers any man who's affected by any type of cancer come join us. And like, literally, a couple days later, we had like a couple 100 guys in the group. Wow. Like, "Uh, yeah. And the thing was, they were from other countries, too. So we've got guys from Australia, South Africa, Canada, UK, all over. So just by putting out the bad signal, and like doing that invite, this mountain of guys came in and a lot of like, well known advocates. So in cancer land, as you know, the advocates are very siloed, right? Yes prostate people you got the testicular people you got the breast so what we're doing here is kind of this pan cancer thing right and i think though all those guys were part of their own siloed groups but the idea of having like a pan cancer dudes group was something that was new to a lot of them
0: back with our guest after the break When I first saw that there was a group like this, A, I was like, oh, my God, will I be accepted if I ask to join? (laughs) I feel like what you you did was you channeled a couple of philosophies that I've always felt were important to understand. Uh, And I think your journalistic background lends itself to this philosophy of where you really want to give audiences, listeners, readers, reviewers information that they didn't know they needed versus what you think they wanted to hear. It's and true. this idea that I'm not alone is the gestalt moment of anyone's right. going through shit and and stuff you don't want to deal with. Yeah. Uh, so question for you. Do you ever get any women that want to join?
1: Yes. Uh, <laughs> so we do get women that want to join and um... – because I think it's the same appeal, right? And we get women who ask if there's a similar group for women, you know if there's a woman up to cancer, and you know, someone's got to someone's got grab that. But uh, so, yeah, and I think what I hear from a couple of women is this that they are jealous of us having this like really energetic guy space because that's what, like you said, that's what we're all looking for. I mean, that was the first call I made when i I got diagnosed in March two thousand and eighteen. And I, I think I was on the phone with my primary care physician. And she's like, what can we do for you? Like, what do you need right now? I was like, I need you to get me on the phone with someone who has had metastatic colon cancer and has survived because I need to talk to that person. And that's, what, and that's why I felt like doing all cancers was really important because we're all connected by it. We haven't talked that many times, right? I met you. I've talked to you on the phone a couple times, but I've, I feel a connection with you. Like I feel a bond with you because of this shared experience. And there's just something there with, cancer, with people who are impacted by cancer that there's this level of trust, understanding. So I knew from the beginning that, that I kind of wanted to just have it be like cheers, right? It's like this pub you go to after work. You can put down all the bullshit from your day. Yeah, we talk about cancer and people – we talk about the shit and how bad it sucks and then some of the silver linings and how great that is. But most of the time, we're just talking about life because when you're with other cancer survivors, you don't have to worry about, am I coming across the way I should be or are we communicating? It's just like we all have this bond, so there's just something there that's easy. And and so in our group, we'll talk about, you know, I think motorcycles, dogs, and bourbon are like the three of the hottest topics in there, right? I've noticed. But very non-cancer topic.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there's a wonderful expression that I've been using a lot. When stupid cancer came along, it was one of the first similar to what you put together, I would say egalitarian, nonpartisan, non-body part, piss on my lawn philosophies. And we had to adopt sort of a, a way of explaining why that was necessary, which shouldn't have had to happen. You know, it was like, well, why not focus on this? Or why not grandparents? Or why not kids? i like, this is our lane, and here's why. Right. That, that young adult cancer isn't better or worse than anything else. It's just different. And in our case... It's not about what you have. It's about what you have in common. That is the guiding principles of what helped grow Stupid Cancer. You right. have replicated that to a T by giving this community a community in the first place.
1: Completely unknowingly. like <laughs> Yes. <laughs> right? And that's the thing because we both had the same intent. You know, I didn't really know about Stupid Cancer. So I got diagnosed at that weird place. In between that young adult, like sort of the eighteen to forty, and then the like the geriatric range, like this weird (laughs) place of like yeah, right. Like I'm in my early forties, have kids, have a career. Like there's a lot going on in my life, and it's that group that's kind of in the middle of spaces. And then with the man thing, it's I think what one of the issues is I don't feel like anyone has really acknowledged that the outcomes when when we're talking about cancer for men are are not very good. Like they're not as good. As women. And there's tons of reasons for that. But I just think that we need to acknowledge this isolation issue. And I think being part of that solution and having a group and a community and content around the issue of this very simple problem, which is men isolating when they go through cancer, is a place that I feel comfortable and a place that I want to be because I was that isolated guy, you know?
0: Well, yeah, you, you created the thing you wished you had. And I think that's the greatest gift you can give to society by providing a structure that makes it suck less for the next you. A a wonderful euphemism, I, I believe, holds a lot of water when you say it that way. You have created something for others that you yourself were denied knowing about. And yes. For the record, I'll say I'm sorry that we stopped at 40 at stupid cancer. We had a lot of people in their early 40s were like, "Can we please come and play with you?" And yes, of well, course. Well, no, you but kinda... you have.
1: I mean, well, yeah. But what are you going to do? Like, you you do have to like. There has to be a cutoff. Yes. And and people have to understand that. And that's the thing too with this guy thing. It's like, yeah, we're doing a thing for guys. Generally, men have power, but guys going through cancer, a lot of us feel very powerless. And together we can at least get a sense that we are part of a group.
0: So let's drop some big news. Man Up to Cancer, the website's Man Up To, like the word to, not the number two. like Stand Up To Cancer. Correct. ManUpToCancer.com. You guys are dropping a uh, a podcast of your own shortly, correct?
1: Yeah, all the cool people are doing it, like <laughs> Matt, like Matt Zachary. Uh, I am a know. trendsetter.
0: I'm the 797,000th podcast in the world, so I'm truly uh, avant-garding myself. Yes,
1: yeah. But how many of those people gave birth to the young adult cancer movement? I mean, give yourself some credit, some credit my man. All right,
0: I, I, credit accepted. My ego has gone a little up. My self worth, possibly, maybe four points in Mario.
1: Perfect. Um, yes. So Man Up to Cancer right now is, is just, it's a website, manuptocancer.com. And then we have the private group on Facebook for guys. Um, and I'm creating content. Like I'm just, I'm creating content, writing uh, videos and sharing content from others on the website and social media. We have been recording. I've recorded like, I think nine or 10 episodes of the podcast. I have a very couple of good friends who are good at stuff that I have no idea about, like audio digital stuff and podcasts and they're helping me launch this. And this summer we're, we are, you know, taking all these things that we've recorded and they're producing it and we're going to put it out there. And me being the, so, SNL references. I'm like the frozen caveman lawyer when it comes to technology, right? Like
0: Rip Phil Hartman, that poor guy.
1: Yes, Rip Phil Hartman. I, I'm just a simple I'm a simple caveman. I don't understand these <laughs> podcast things. It's magic. You put you you know, I put my earbuds on and there's Matt Zachary you yes. know, with his dulcet tones. Um, I'm excited about that and 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 right now right here, I am inviting Matt. be a guest on the man up to cancer podcast if you will accept the challenge and i will put you through the man up to cancer gauntlet of questions at the end
0: i hereby accept your challenge (laughs) let it be written let it be done
1: you're gonna rue the day
0: i i look forward to ruining your day (laughs) trevor maxwell writer husband father of two teenage daughters you you've bested me by a couple of years with my twins Stage four colon cancer advocate, warrior, patient, I don't like words, but whatever you are comfortable with, founder of Man <laughs> Up to Cancer, uh, you will be a recurring guest on this show. I hope to be a recurring guest on your show if I uh, pass the muster of the Man Up to Cancer uh, litmus test. And um, Time will tell. Yes. You,
1: you may need to start wearing a trucker hat instead of your fedora. But uh, you,
0: you can't if change. You'll, if you'll do that. You can't change me, but I'll do my best to accommodate. You're a gentleman and a scholar. Good luck with everything. We'll see you back on the show soon. All right, my man.
1: Thank you. That's all for today, folks. If you like the show, be sure to subscribe, leave a review, follow us on social, and tell all your friends to listen. Out of Patience with Matthew Zachary is a product of Offscript Media. Our executive producer is Matthew Zachary. Our senior producers are Jen Horanjeff and Andrew McDowell. Darren Tun is our production intern.